In today's show, we're looking at the Washington Wizards and their 2021-2022 season. Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. We are here to talk about the Wizards. Another disappointing year for Washington after they started out so well and then things just went sideways and they finished the year 35 and 47, currently with the 10th best lottery odds. Just one game ahead of the Spurs, two games behind the Knicks. It wasn't a great year. Of course, we know they traded Russell Westbrook in... Shit, as my chair breaks. Um, we, they traded Russell Westbrook in the offseason. Um, they had Bradley Beal, who was horrible to start the year, and then got injured and was done for the year. They made a big trade for Christos Porzingis. Who knows what's going to happen with this team as they move forward. There are a lot of question marks. In terms of draft, they have two picks. Their pick in the lottery, the 10th pick at the moment, which can change, of course, according to the lottery. And then they've got Dallas's second-round pick, pick 56, as part of the Porzingis trade. Their own second-rounder has gone to the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, which was moved around in part of a Dallavadova deal and part of a Rubio deal in, uh, in the 2021 deal. That happened uh, to get Rubio across from Minnesota to Cleveland, so that's yeah. convoluted movement there. So that's the picks they have, pick 1056. Tankathon currently has them picking Tari Eason at pick number 10 and Jabari Walker at 56. Who knows what that means? So that's how they sit draft-wise. Free agency cap-wise, Beal's the big question mark, isn't he? $36 million player option. That's not that big. Does he decline it, re-sign, decline it, go elsewhere? I, I, I don't know. He makes all this noise about wanting to stay in Washington, Wants to be the big dog, the main guy on a team. That's more important to him. And that's totally acceptable. It's fine if that's what he wants to do. But will he actually sign the deal? Will they commit four years, five years, $200 million to him? It's a lot of money. Is Bill worth it? No. Is it worth having someone like that in Washington? Maybe. I don't know. That's the big question mark, isn't it? About whether he comes back. They've got KCP, who's got a partially guaranteed $14 million deal. I thought he was really good for them this season. Is he a part of the next great Wizards team? Probably not. He is only the same age as Bradley Beal, though. So he absolutely, at that sort of price as well, you bring him back. Tom Bryant's an unrestricted free agent. I don't really see the point of him with Gafford and Porzingis there. He obviously had the ACL injury. He can be a good offensive center. He's a horrific defensive center. He was out of the rotation towards the end of the year. I don't really see them fighting themselves to bring him back. Ish Smith's got a partially guaranteed 4.7. Well, at this point, they've got no point guard. So do they, you don't, surely, surely you don't want to rely on Ishmith. They need to target somebody to get in instead of Smith. But at 4.7, not a bad backup. Hull Neto is unrestricted. I don't think you bring both of those guys back. You've got Anthony Gill. Ah, gives me a chance. I didn't do it at the start of the show, but let's do it now. 
Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> He's a restricted free agent. He's 29 years of age. He's had two years in the NBA, and I haven't seen one thing from him that makes me go, yeah, you're an NBA rotation player, unfortunately. And then Sadoransky, who inexplicably was their starting point guard towards the end of the year, is an unrestricted free agent. I, I wouldn't be in a rush there. So they're, obviously, their biggest gap is what do we do at point guard? You're going to have Beal. You're going to have wings with Kispert, Avdia, um, Caldwell Pope, Kuzma. You've got backup bigs in Hachimura. You've got Porzingis. You've got Gafford. You've got some pieces there. But your point guard is a disaster. So they need a point guard, whether that's in free agency, whether that's in the draft or something. You can't go in with Smith or Sadoransky or Neto. Do you just make Beal a full-time point guard? It's actually your best option at this point. But they've got some decisions to make. And I guess the good thing is that all of those point guards, Smith, Neto, and Sadoransky, are either unrestricted or have partial guarantee. So you can move on from any of them and you can basically clean slate that area. Uh, two-way guy, Jordan Shackle. Yeah, he can shoot, but he can't do anything else. And Cassius Winston, who I thought maybe could be an NBA backup, but we haven't really seen any of that come to fruition. They're basically over the cap anyway with all this salary. So it's going to be hard for them to make too many moves in free agency. It's got to come draft-wise or trade-wise. Um, and that's why I, I just don't think they're bringing back guys like Bryant or Neto or those sort of players. Just get some other minimum guys in and concentrate your assets into the right area. And that is getting someone who can bloody handle the ball. Someone who could dribble would be a great course of action, I reckon, for this team. I tell you what's also great, Bilpa. And I, I'm recording this now in April, but by the time you listen to this, I think I'm sitting on the French Riviera, probably having a glass of champagne. But I really want a built bar because they are the best tasting protein bar ever. Lucky I brought a box with me, stashed it in the luggage because I couldn't go without. You go protein bars, they taste disgusting. We know that. They taste terrible. You go candy bars, they're unhealthy. They're full of fat. They're full of sugar. They're full of carbs. Built bar, just right in the middle. 130 calories in a bar, 17 grams of protein, low in fat, low in sugar, low in carbs. It's a great combination and the flavors are great. Lemon dip cheesecake puffs, that's their protein infused marshmallow. There's cookies and cream, there's coconut, there's raspberry, there's strawberry, there's orange. There's so many great flavors right across the board. And you can get all of these great flavors for 15% off. So head to built.com and use the code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll save 15% off your order of Built Bar. Built Bar is built different. Let's talk players. Who was their best fantasy player this year? Percentages. Yep, it was. Kristaps played only 51 games. We know that. It was, it's a problem. It's an ongoing problem with his knees. It's always going to be a problem with his knees. I was staggered that when they traded for him and then he had the bone bruise and then they lied. Oh, he, no, he's ready to play. He'll play right now. And it took three weeks for him to come back. I don't know why they played him, but they did. And I thought he looked really good. How he fits with Bradley Beal is a huge unknown. We know he had some struggles with Doncic. But this is a dude who very comfortably can be a top 20 per game player, unbelievably easily. It's just, where do you take that risk? He was drafted pick 48 this year in, in Yahoo Leagues. Honestly, if he's available in the 50s, I, I think he's a draftable player. Because if, shout out Joel Embiid, you have a season where you stay healthy and he plays 65 to 70 games, it's a massive win. He averaged 20 and eight, only one and a half threes. That number should really go up. 1.6 blocks, that can go up. Shot 46 and 87 with almost six attempts per game. This is a top 20 per game guy. A lot can shape depending on what they do in the off season. Where do they fit? You know, how does Beal work with him? 
How does any of their draft picks work? What do they do free agency-wise? Where does Kuzma fit? All this sort of stuff. But he is very good. I wouldn't take him in the top 30. I wouldn't take him in the top 40. Outside the top 50, I'll go for it. I've got no problem with it because I know that he's good. And I know there's going to be missed time. But there's missed time from everybody. Do you not draft Kevin Durant in the 20s if he falls to you there? Because he'll miss 20 games? No, the answer is yes. Of course you do. Players will miss... And his... We talk injury proneness. His knees are a problem. They are always going to be an issue. Always going to have knee problems. I don't think there's any escaping that. But... Instead of 51 games, if it's 62 games, it's actually a good investment at pick 50. It's a very good investment. He was really good. That's all just fantasy-wise. What did he do advanced stat-wise? Well, it was pretty good there as well. Raptor 1.7. Defensively, I thought he played better this year. Led the team in EPM by an absolute country mile. Some of that's because of the minutes in Dallas, sure. But a plus 3.6. 94th percentile. 58 true shooting. Really good. Finished at 69% at the rim. Giggity. His three-point is only 31%, so there's massive improvement still. Rebounded pretty well. Block shots pretty well. I thought he was just really good all season, or most of the season. Again, led the team easily. Doubled the next person in terms of LeBron. Like These are really good numbers from KP. The, the worry you just have is trying to balance how many games he plays and how it's going to figure out with Beal there. So that's why I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, we look at it that maybe maybe in that or outside that top fifty is worth looking at. I'm just looking at his on off in Washington, it was a plus one and they were struggling down the stretch there. That's not terrible, of course, but you know, other guys like you know, Kuzma's a big negative, Caldwell Pope's a big negative, Gafford's a big negative, Beal was basically neutral. It's not bad numbers for KP there in the end. He's gonna be him is or him. Beal's free agency is huge. And how Porzingis fits in alongside a healthy Bill is the other big question. Imagine if Bill leaves. Top 15. KP is, is, a, is a, a chance on a per-game basis, of course. For points leagues, he's not quite as good. 34th in points leagues. That's not a disaster, but it's not um, it's not as good as we would, we would like. It's not as good as it is in category leagues. I still think he is probably, from an advanced stats point of view, he probably is their best guy. Just availability is that problem. And Beal probably still is their best player, let's be fair. Let's talk Beal, though. It was a bad year. He was drafted pretty comfortably at that end of the first round, 10 to 15 sort of range. ADP was 14. He ended up as the 45th ranked player. He played just 40 games. It wasn't because of minutes. He played 36 of them. 23 points, 5 rebounds, 6.6 assists. That all looks good. So what was wrong? Well, he just couldn't hit threes. 30% from deep, only 1.6 per game. No steals, 0.9 is a bad number, and 83 from the line. It's not, they're not horrific numbers. 23, 5, and 6.5 and on a true shooting of, where's his number? 54%, which is not great. Usage of 30, like that's, they're not, they're not terrible numbers. But we thought Westbrook's going to leave, or Westbrook's gone. There'll be more assists coming, more usage coming, and you'll go back to being that top 10 player. It just didn't happen. Weirdly, his usage decreased. He was at 34 with Westbrook. He went to 30. His assists did jump back up, but he's a guy that's been 1.2 steals every year of his career at least, and he was at 0.9. That hurts. He went from 49% to 45% shooting. He went from 89 from the line to 83 from the line. 
all of that hurts. He went from 30 points a game to 23. I, I, I can't look at this again and go, you know, Westbrook's gone, therefore Beal's going to average eight fewer points per game. Because we saw him two years ago without Westbrook average 30 as well. He averaged 30, four, and six. So a realistic expectation, I thought, was 28, four, and six. He just didn't do that. He lost his steals. He lost his efficiency. He shot worse from the line. He didn't get to the line. It was just a weirdly, weirdly bad season that ended early with that wrist problem. He still was the best on this team in terms of Raptor, behind, of course, my man, Craig Sword. Um, his EPM was 1.5, which is 80, 84th percentile, well behind Porzingis, but still pretty good. It's just the shooting numbers. He took way too many mid-rangers, way too many. Highest diet of shots was from mid-range and hit him at 43%, which is not a bad number, but he needs to not take them from there as many. His assist numbers were really strong. His you know, advanced numbers were all positive. I don't know why I said it that way. They were positive most, most of the way. He just The shooting was just way off. He was just way off. And usage, which I think is, is partly him, but partly the unsold offense, just dropped way off. I didn't expect him to fall off without Westbrook in terms of usage, but that's exactly what happened. Where do we, like, I am not worried about Beal's wrist injury next season. That is doesn't bother me at all. So where do I draft him? A top 15 player or a guy that was outside the top 40 this year? Points leagues, he was 32nd this season. But again, a guy that's a top 15 player usually. I've no worries with him in the second round, depending on free agency. It's just going to depend on that shooting going back up to reasonable levels. But the, my biggest fear is the usage. Now that Porzingis is there, does he maintain 30 usage or does he go back to 33? That is a worry. And in fact, now that I don't know for sure, because I've got to go reproject this stuff when we get to there, I maybe I won't take him in the second round. Maybe with a Kuzma, Porzingis, Beal combination and Unsell's shot distribution in an offense, maybe he's a 25 guy, not a 15 guy. Even accounting for an increase back in his steals and his shooting numbers. Hmm. He's 28. About to turn 29 when the season begins. There's some big question marks there. Kyle Kuzma, the future MVP, was great. Let's not get it too twisted, though. He started out the season for the first three months not as a top 100 player and then had this run as a top 30 guy for a big stretch when Beal went down. End of the season, 71st. In category leagues, that was 71st. 53rd in points leagues, averaging 35 fantasy points. Just huge numbers. He averaged 17 and 8. He got 3.5 assists. 0.6 0.6 deals. He's always been bad defensively. 0.9 blocks is a big improvement. Shot 45 and 71. So still a downer on the free throws. He started this season like he has every other year, being a guy that can score and get some boards and not do anything else and be up and down with efficiency. But he really did step it up when Beal went down. Then he ended his season early with a knee problem. Played just 66 games in the end. If I look at the comparison like to where he was last year, he played more minutes. That was fine. He averaged more points. He he shot less threes. The sh- three-point shooting went down. He didn't even attempt, I think, as many threes per game. Exactly the same three-pointer attempts per game in five more minutes. That's a bit of an issue. But he doubled his um, assist numbers, basically. And he was able to increase his blocks by 50%. He had never had a season of more than 0.6 blocks per game. And he went to 0.9 this year. 
And on a per 36 basis, it was actually still an improvement on his block numbers. So there was a lot that went right for him. Um, I, I, I am a little worried that some of these numbers, say over the last year, 25 games, he was a top 50 player. He averaged 19 and 8 with four and a half assists. A lot of that came, well, that all came without Beal and some of that without Porzingis. Is that that 28 usage is weight, is no way. Four, four and a half, five assists, I don't think that's sticking. Efficiency-wise, he was better. Can that stick? Maybe. 1.1 blocks, I don't really trust that either. So, call me skeptical. Because, again, prior to this year, he'd never had a top 100 year. And he did a lot of damage when Beal went out. That I don't know if it comes through again. The advanced stats, didn't like him. Or Raptor, negative 2.4. Really bad. Bad offensively, bad defensively. EPM, 64th percentile. So, fine. Fine. Totally just average. He's got some improvement in shooting, maybe, but I, I don't really trust that. He rebounded really well. His assist rate improved, especially second half, but beginning of the year when Beal was there, it wasn't it wasn't happening for him. His LeBron, again, it's, it's not good. It's sort of middle to lower end of the pack. Negative 0.59. That's the bottom area for this team. Negative 5.3 on off. So while we can look at the counting stats and we can understand the high usage and the big numbers that he put up for us in fantasy, I don't know that it's good basketball. Because again, when Kuzma was playing a smaller role, the Wizards were winning. When he had to ramp up his role and the fantasy stats came, they were terrible. It's not exactly a one-to-one comparison, but tie all that in, the negative on-off, the bad advanced numbers, some of the numbers which might not be sustainable in terms of his increased block rate, his massive 28 usage over the final two months of the season. I think if you take him at pick 75, you're going to get burnt. Depending on how the roster shakes out, I think you're in trouble. He's going to be 27 as well by the time the season starts. I worry a little bit that so much of what happened to Kuzma this year was circumstantial and not, I am now this guy. How he fits is a very, very big question. But how BetOnline fits into your daily routine is not a question because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. I don't know how the playoffs are going at this point. Hopefully they're going well. And if you want to go and take a bet on first or second round series, BetOnline is going to have you covered with all of those odds. In fact, BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online is where the game starts. Let's look at KCP, 124th ranked player this season. He played 30 minutes, 13 and 3, two threes a game, a steal a game, 44 and 89. Abs- look, that is the 124th ranked player, and there is nothing exciting about that line at all. Absolutely nothing exciting. The two threes is good, the one steal is good. But what, who, who gives a shit? Like, it's, Is there any upside in Contavious Caldwell-Pope? I don't think so. 155th in points leagues, averaging 23 points per game. He was totally adequate for this team. He had moments of being a must-roster player when guys went down. But I think ideally the Wizards would love Beal, point guard, Kispert, and Kuzma to be the starters and not KCP. Filled in beautifully. In fact, if I was them, I'd be trying to trade him pretty quickly like getting him off to a team where the value can be there for him. 
again, he's a he's a useful player. One of the best in this team in terms of uh, Raptor War. Raptor was pretty strong. His EPM, 70th percentile. True shooting, above league average. E, e field goal percentage, above league average. Free throws, great. Three-point shooting, great. Not sure he's doing enough in every area to, to be useful. LeBron actually hated him in that stat, like really low down there, which is very interesting. And Darko's not quite as high on him. And Darko saw him have a massive drop-off this season. And that's not, that's not trending particularly well for where he heads in the future. Negative 3.1 on off. I'll put it this way. I'm not drafting him next season. I can't see how I would. Even if the role remains the same, what's the point of me drafting a bloke who might crack the top 120 if multiple injuries happen? I don't think there's any point in that. So he's useful enough. He's a threes and steals guy. That's really it. No rebounds, no assists, low volume scoring. Gets to the line. Oh, sorry, shoots well from the line. Doesn't really get there very much. Not sure there's much upside left in him. Red Dan Gafford, a guy that I was interested in taking around pick 100, 110, probably more 110. Started going a little bit too high for my liking, as you would have heard towards the end of my mock draft series, where people were starting going in the 90s for him, and that was too high for me because A, we didn't know how he'd be used, and, and B, we worried about what would happen when Tom Bryant returned and they go with a three-man center rotation. And what actually happened is the dickheads took him out of the rotation entirely. Eventually, they came to their senses after they were able to showcase Montrez Harrell to get Ish Smith back in a trade. Wow, what a what a return that was. Um, and he was able to be the backup center. He even played one good game next to Porzingis, which was huge. I don't think they're going to do that, though, because they'll play Kuzma next to Porzingis most of the time. Gafford still it can be a really impactful player. He only averaged nine points, but 1.4 blocks, six rebounds, shot 70% and 70 from the line. They're huge numbers. And that's why in 20 minutes, he was a top 140 player. In points leagues, the value is not there. 170, 30, should never have even been drafted anywhere near a top 100 in a points league. I think we're aware of that. I'm pretty sure I would have said that at the time. Advanced stats-wise, pretty good. Fourth on this team in Raptor. That's pretty strong. Third in EPM, plus 0.5. 70% effective field goal percentage is huge. Yes, he takes only his shots at the rim, but he knows what he does well, and he finishes them. 75% finishing at the rim. Blocks shots at a high level. Rebounds offensively really well. 91st percentile offensive rebounds. Second on this team in LeBron. Like some, still some really strong numbers. Third on this team in Darko. Stepped it up at the end of the season. I just think they misused him basically all year. Now his on-off was bad, negative 5.4. That, that was a problem. He's clearly better than Thomas Bryant. But they are going to play Porzingis at center. Rightfully so. Porzingis should be a center. And that's going to limit what Gafford can do. But you always want to keep an eye on A, Porzingis' injury status, and B, if they do anything and trade Gafford or someone makes an offer for him. Because while I don't think he's a game changer, he's not Embiid, he's not Towns, he's not Jokic, he's not Gobert, but could he be a poor man's Jakob Pertle as a fantasy guy if he played 28 a night? Yeah, yeah. Better maybe. That's the, he can be a useful player. But the situation that he's in at the moment, he's not particularly good. And situation is very important in fantasy. It's very important. We know that. When you're looking in Dynasty, we can look ahead a little bit more. He's only 23. Give it two years' time. Maybe he is a starter somewhere. I'd still be investing a little bit in him in Dynasty. Denny Avdia. After those guys, it's a massive fall-off. No one else is top 200. Avdia, 213th. Avdia finished last season with a broken ankle. Somehow played all 82 games this year. One of only five players to do so. He's only 21 still. I don't ever think he's going to be a reliable offensive option. He averaged 8-5, 2 assists, 0.7 steals, 43-76. and 76. 
shot 32% from three. I don't think he's ever going to be a reliable shooter or a reliable offensive player. But I thought what he did this season was relatively impressive. Defensively, he was great. I did not like the way that he was deprioritized behind Kispert, KCP, Hachimura, shit, even Kuzma. You're not going anywhere. Kuzma's got some value, but we're talking five years, over five years age difference between these two. And I think Abdi is a guy... I, look, if you look at Cleveland... I know we've talked about Cleveland already. I oh, know we haven't, sorry. We haven't talked about them. If you look at Cleveland, like how much would they love to have a Denny Avdia to throw there on the wing instead of like an Isaac Okoro? I think they would love it. I think that he is that option that you can put in there next to Beal, next to Porzingis, next to Kuzma even, next to a point guard to be that guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a big step forward and plays 27 to 28 minutes a night next year and gives you a steal, 0.8 blocks, Three and a half assists, seven rebounds, 12 points. That's low upside, but it's useful enough. EPM was pretty solid on him, especially defensively, above at league average, 62nd percentile overall, 88th percentile defensively. Rebound the ball well, defensively played well. I just think everything about what he did this season was really solid as a role player. Really showed I can be a good role player, which is huge. Can he ever be a star? Just also remember, please, with Denny, and you don't hold this against him, people compared him to Luka Doncic coming out of Europe because people are stupid. He is obviously not that. He is never going to have that offensive game. He can pass. He can defend. If you want to compare him to someone coming out of Europe, Nick Batum, maybe, as a connecting wing piece, passing, defending guy, although Batum's a better shooter. I thought a really, really good second year for Avdia, plus 5.2 on-off as well. If the team was serious, and at times I question whether they are, he should be penciled in as a starter next to a Porzingis, next to Kuzma in that other slot. I think he's got I think he's got better value than Corey Kispert. Shit, he's two years younger than Corey Kispert. Yes, Kispert can shoot, can't do anything else. And that's going to be a needs-based thing there, isn't it? Well, you can't answer me, but yeah, hopefully you're nodding along. Um, after Kisper, uh, after Abdia, Hachimura, 252nd ranked player, missed half the season for personal reasons. Looks like the bloke's okay now, but that's horrible to miss that much time. We don't know what the issue was, but he was out for a long time, and it obviously, it had an impact on him, no doubt. Did it impact what his numbers would be? I don't know, because I, I, irrespective of personal issues, I don't think he's a very good player. I don't think he's a very good prospect, and I think he's been... Um, prioritize ridiculously. He's three years older than Avdia. He averaged 11 points, four rebounds. Shot really well. 45% from three is very good. The problem is it's on under three attempts per game. The volume just isn't there. Like if you're going to be hitting them that well, take more of them. Like you took Denny Avdia, who can't shoot threes, had 45% of his shots come from deep. Hachimura, who's not going to be at 45%, took just 32%. Like that's, it's still not a terrible number. But it needs to be more if you're actually not going to, if you're actually going to be a good three-point shooter. You need to knock him in at a higher level than that. I don't think Rui in a category league will ever be a top 100 player. If he gets 30 minutes in a points league, then he will be, because he'll just get big points and big rebounds, and give everything up defensively and not get any assists, steals, or blocks, and struggle getting to the line and all that stuff, which are all problems with his game. Actually, shot horribly from the line in this season as well. Hachimura's impact stats were bad again, negative 3.9. It's a common theme with him. That's his, it's his, that's his Raptor, by the way. Sorry. Um, 
looking for his EPM, yeah, negative 2.2, well below league average. Shot Finished well at the rim, shot well from three, but I don't know. There's just a lot about what his game is that I just don't love in the modern NBA, and I don't know why they prioritized him for three. Well, they didn't prioritize him as much this year because they put Kuzma into that spot, but they still gave him minutes at times over someone like Avdia, who I thought consistently outperformed him, even though, you know, yay points. Rui goes and scores points, but what else does he do that's good? I'm just not convinced in him as a long-term player. The Darko model really doesn't like him, even though it did see him improve a lot this year. They're still pretty much down on him. And if we look at his on-off stuff, it's still negative 3.3. I would not be investing in Dynasty in the future for Rui Hachimura. I think he's like, at best, he is, what, he played 24 minutes, 23 minutes a night. Like, that's his best-case scenario. And even then, I think that's probably too many minutes. He's heading into his fourth season. Maybe he can step it up. Oh, he's only played basketball for five years, Josh. Whatever it is, he's 24. Like, do, am I expecting a big step forward and a big change in his game? No, I'm not. I just think this is who he is. The shooting is a great positive development. I'm just very much down on him in comparison to where others are. Tom Bryant, off the ACL, 27 games, 16 minutes, 7-4. and four. Can be a good offensive center. Can put up good numbers, but he kills you on the court. He's just really bad defensively, and the Wizards figure that out eventually. And said, yeah, nah, like we're not going to play out there. I don't know where he goes. Like, then always we're going to talk centers. Hey, if he went to Charlotte, is he their best center? Yeah, probably. If he played 27 minutes, would he be a top 100 guy? Really easily. But your team's not going to be good. And that's the conundrum with Tom Bryant. Can score, can have high usage, can rebound, can hit threes, can block shots. All of that stuff he can do. But is it good enough? It probably isn't. He's a name to watch to see what happens free agency-wise, just to see if he fits into a situation short-term. But I I don't really like him as a long-term option. I just think there's just too much... He can't move defensively. There's too many issues there for him to be an impactful player. Kispert, rookie season, 23 years of age, too old as a rookie. Eight points, one and a half threes. I expect him to shoot better, 35% from three. I think that'll improve, but that's his skill. And he didn't really show it. Two or three rebounds, one assist, 0.4 steals. Nothing I saw from Corey Kispert makes me go, wow, they've got the uh, wing spots settled down now. They're, they're, they're done. Hated the pick at the time. Haven't changed my mind on it now. Defensively, he's a real issue. Offensively, I'm not sure what he does. And if you're not providing that great shooting, you're not doing anything. Um, yeah, real, look, This is Doug McDermott level's defensive uh, liabilities, I think, for Kispert. Yes, he's only a rookie. But he's, he is 23. He's two years older than Avdia. And he's going to need to turn things around pretty quickly, I think, to start to have an impact. He started a lot of games down the stretch. Didn't really do much in those games. Ended up, yeah, as eight points in 23 minutes on a true shooting, which was, I think, pretty good, his true shooting. 59%, that's pretty good. But there's still he's got to be 62, 63 to maintain a solid role in the NBA, given his deficiencies in other areas. Um... Ish Smith, he's 34 years of age. 17 minutes, 6 points, 4 assists. Great assist rate. Good steal numbers. But why do you want to rely upon him? The Hornets just took him out of the rotation and said, we can't do this anymore. After Borrego decided to play him over the Malo ball earlier in the year. And then he came in and started... Ga- oh, he didn't start games. He played started minutes in the Wizards and then he went back. To- I-, I don't know where he fits. Honest- obviously, with his age, you don't rely on too much there. Sadoransky's 30... He played, again, too many minutes. I think he's cooked as an NBA rotation player. Hal Neto is solid enough, but you don't want him to be a starter. This is where their issue lies. 
The other guy we probably need to talk about on this team, though, is Isaiah Todd, first-round selection. We just barely got to see him. He's 20 years of age, so he's obviously really young. Um, but he just didn't play. What did he play? 12 games, six minutes a night. Like, it's very hard to know what to expect out of a bloke that in a losing season, well, that's what I'll say, in a season where you're going nowhere, he still couldn't get minutes. That's a worry. In the G League, he played 36 games, 31 minutes. He averaged 12 and 5 with a block, shot 28% from three. Nothing there is encouraging. They've got Gafford and Porzingis and Kuzma and Avdia. Where does Todd fit in? I really don't know. He's got to start to crack the rotation soon, but he was yeah not particularly impressive in those games that he played. It's hard to get a, too much of a read on advanced stats in those low low um, minute totals and low game totals, but I don't think we really saw anything that was particularly exciting from Isaiah Todd. Let me know. Maybe you saw something different. Interesting offseason. The Beal decision is going to be huge. Does Do they lose him? Does a massive $45 million a year contract handicap them? Probably. What do they do with Bryant? What the hell do they do at point guard? So many questions. Guys, follow me. Well, you know where to follow me. I don't need to say that. Follow me, Apple Podcasts. That's what I meant to say. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Let me know what you thought of the show. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.